After dropping 41 points in a much-needed win, can Trey Murphy III be the savior the Pelicans need? It's a Monday episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go! You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Monday, day after the Pelicans smoke the Portland Trailblazers, 127-110. The final score does not represent the, uh, the the margin of victory in this one as the Pelicans had a 39-point lead and Trey Murphy going off exactly what the Pelicans needed on a night with no Brandon Ingram, no Zion Williamson. Can he propel them going forward? That's what we're going to look at to start today's show. I want to look at other good performances from some of the guys here too. And the next couple of games coming up really do define this Pelicans team's season. So of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. No one else coming to you like this. We're here every single day, completely free Breaking out the big performances like we're going to do about Trey Murphy here as well. Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by PrizePix. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. That's prizepix.com, promo code Locked On. So let's get into it with Trey Murphy. 41 points, 9 made threes, but it was more than just 3-point shooting. In this incredible performance he had, you've seen the growth of him and how he's evolved and grown as a player from one season to the next, and even throughout this season. He was really good attacking the basket, attacking closeouts. When he checked out of the game in the first quarter, for the first time, he had nine points and only one made three. He had two and ones that he converted by by being aggressive, getting downhill, and attacking that defense. But you also saw... More to his game, too. You saw it being pretty well-rounded. You know, in the first half, in the second quarter, he put his shoulder down, went to the basket, drew contact, knew he was drawing contact, shot the ball, didn't end up making it, but goes to the line for two. But he initiated the contact and basically drew that defender into a foul. That's a veteran type of move right there, and you saw him execute that out there on the court. He knows that he has court gravity. Nine made threes in a game certainly does that. He's the Pelicans' best three-point shooter, and he realizes teams are going to close out hard on him. So you know what? He's going to put the ball on the on, on the court and attack the basket. And getting downhill, forcing the defense to rotate over like that has been big. And now that we're past the dunk contest, you're seeing him... Let the game. I hate to use these kind of cliches, but I think it's, it applies. You're seeing him let the game come to him a little bit more. Before the dunk contest and before he was announced to be in the dunk contest, which is something we all knew he really wanted to do, I thought he was pushing a little too hard to get like monster dunks, highlight plays, use that to kind of propel his argument, his case to get into the dunk contest. That was causing him to miss some dunks. He would go up, you know, cock back the arm, get ready to throw it down over a guy, but then brick the dunk because he actually wasn't in position to do that and it should have just been a layup instead. Well, now what you're seeing from him, though, is that he is 
using kind of that touch and things like that around the basket a little bit more. He's not trying to force things. And I think that's been really big. The touch he has around the rim to lay the ball in was key in this. That adds some points to what he has. There was one time where he was going up for a huge dunk. I think it was in the first half. And instead of throwing it down, realized layup will do and I'm not in position to actually dunk the basketball. That type of recognition in the moment is massive. And you're seeing him kind of work the baseline, figure out where his spots kind of are. And this is something the Pelicans truly, truly need from him. Is he going to score 41 every night? Like, no. Is he going to make nine threes? No. But they're going to, you know, the question I have written down here is, will they be able to rely on him? Will the Pelicans be able to rely on Trey Murphy to be this kind of go-to score? And... I don't know the answer to that question. I hope it's yes. And certainly he's going to be featured because they don't really have a choice. Zion isn't coming back in the next week or two. We don't know when he's going to return. We think Brandon Ingram will play Tuesday against the Lakers, but he's been in and out of the line. He's played 31 games. You just don't know what you're going to have from those guys. So of the people who are left, it's CJ McCollum and then probably Trey Murphy now as guys that you're just forced to rely on for better or worse. Trey has been a little bit inconsistent at times against the Oklahoma City Thunder where everyone struggled. He was two of seven from three, not nine of 14. There have been a couple of games where there's stinkers when it comes to three-point shooting, but on the season, he's shooting 38.7%, 39%. And that, I think, is a good enough number to really try and feed him a little bit more. You saw them kind of work him off ball to create a little bit more open actions for him. And in this game, you saw more off ball movement from the Pelicans in general. And that with that, more ball movement, less of an isolation style focused on CJ or Brandon Ingram. And that seemed to just kind of get things going a little bit. And so even when Brandon Ingram returns, I think you still need to do a lot of those type of offensive actions, that kind of style, and credit to Willie Green for realizing that's what the team needed in this one. More ball movement. They had 30-something assists, in the, 35 assists compared to 23 the other night. They had 15 turnovers. That's down from 22. When the ball's moving like that, it makes offense easier for everybody, and everyone was kind of getting in on the action, too. You even had a guy like Josh Richardson score 19 points in this game, go four of eight from three. That's going to be hugely helpful. You had uh, Herb Jones, who we'll talk about in the next segment, shoot the ball well, made two threes in this one, 50%, two of four. So getting that kind of style of ball can get Trey Murphy going more, and you need someone like that. You need points. Offense has been the problem since Zion Williamson went down. The defense has been good. Offense has been the problem. Trey Murphy is your best shooter, but there's way more to his game like that, especially when you use him properly. And credit to the coaching staff and head coach Willie Green for doing that in this one. And Trey responded and wouldn't miss because they were getting him looks he liked, he was feeling it, and more importantly, they kept feeding the hot hand, which is a really important thing. So will they be able to rely on him? I'm not entirely sure. It's been up and down at times, but it's been more good than bad. But look, they're going to rely on him. They're going to feature him. He's going to have the ball. It's kind of all you can ask for right now, and maybe he can help propel the Pelicans into the playoffs. So coming up next, it's going to take more than just him. It's going to take other guys. Let's look at Trey Murphy and Jackson Hayes because you've seen increased production from both of them, and I want to highlight some of the things that they've done well. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we do that, though, 
Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. You want to take Trey Murphy to score more than 15 and a half points? You can do that. Trey Murphy to have more than three and a half made threes? You can do that. Because prize picks is super simple. You pick two to six players, and if they go score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. And the best part is you're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections. You get to use your sports knowledge, and you're not going up against other professional gamblers. You see the number, more than that or less than that. They offer projections on any sport you watch, the NBA, and they do it on all sorts of different stats in the NBA. And entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. They also offer safe and fast withdrawals, and they're currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget, enter promo code code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all. No one else coming to you like this, breaking down every single thing you want to know about this Pelicans team, the good, the bad, both of those, everything else. We'll get into off-season rumors soon too. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Again, completely free. For your second listen, go check out Locked On Saints. Derek Carr, Saints QB, was at the Pels game on Friday, which was really cool. Said all the right things, it seemed like, in his introductory press conference. Is he actually a good QB, though? I'm still not sold on this, though Ross Jackson is really convincing me. So go make sure Lockdown Saints is your second listen today. So let's keep talking about the Pelicans, and we're going to kind of look forward these next two segments. I want to look at some of the players that need to step up and have been stepping up in this segment, and then also look ahead to the schedule a little bit because... This next stretch is going to make or break the season. I, I think it might be as simple as these next five games. You go 5-0 and here, you're going to be in a real good spot. You go 4-1, and you're also going to be good. But you need to go something like that. So, it's going to take more than Trey Murphy since, you know, they should get B.I. back. We know what he's capable of doing, but even with him out there at times, it, you still need other guys to step up if C.J.'s having an off game. And C.J. was good against the Blazers. Didn't need to do much in the second half. Killed a parlay for me, but it's okay. I like C.J. scoring 22 points, efficiently doing his thing. I will take that every single night, even if it means I lose a little bit of money. Totally okay. So you need other guys to step up. Trey just did it. This is a guy that's going to be featured for them going forward, you have to imagine. But you've also seen some really good performances recently from a guy in Herb Jones. Herb Jones against the Blazers was 7 of 9 for 16 points. And he filled it up across the box score. 7 assists, 4 rebounds, 2 steals. He was excellent. 2 of 4 from uh, from downtown. And defensively, it, he does things that just don't even show up in the box score. He was face guarding Anthony Simons all night long and messing him up and keeping him out of a rhythm and not letting him get going. That's a guy that can go and score at 40, scored 17. He was two of seven from three with the defense that Herb Jones was on him. He only took 15 shots in this one and he should have taken way more. And Herb did a very good job of limiting him. Also helped that the Blazers were getting blown out and there was no point in playing him. So Herb does everything. But you still, again, need offense. You keep him out there. I don't think you should be benching him or anything like that. But he's been playing well over the past five, six games or so. In his past six games, he's shooting 40% from three. He's averaging nine points per game, and he's giving you almost four assists. He's 
adding to the offense and being more of a threat. The passing, the assist numbers going up, that's becoming an offensive threat and creating good looks for your teammates. The fact that he's making those threes does help as well to space the court just a little bit, and that's starting to work. Teams are closing out on him, and he realizes that. They're playing him on the perimeter now, and he realizes he can also get by and drive and then dish if need be. He also does a very good job of cutting right now, getting into the middle of the paint, getting a ball from one of the guards or one of the bigs, and again, putting up an easy shot. And you're seeing that touch come back. He's got a little baby Euro step he can do. He can finish relatively well around the rim. Not amazing, not great, but he does enough, I think. And if he can continue this kind of style of play, you get 10 points per game from him with what he's doing defensively. That's perfect. A little more would be nice, certainly, but that's going to be good enough and that's going to take you pretty far and at least not make him a complete liability out there. I don't mind him shooting a lot of threes. Someone's got to take them and this team has been missing them far too often. So if it's not going to be Trey or CJ or B.I., so you still got to take threes just to keep defenses honest, even if you're missing, and that's important. So letting Herb Jones shoot, I think, can be a big deal. You're also getting some quality minutes the past handful of games from Jackson Hayes. And, well, I don't really think he's like the answer to a lot of the Pelicans' problems. Look, he's playing well right now, and it's very needed for this team. He does a number of things really well, and they're also using him properly his past what is it five games he's averaging 11 points per game I'll take that with two stocks blocks plus plus um steals he's getting yeah it's two per game 0.6 steals 1.4 blocks he's giving you a little bit of defense he can defend out on the perimeter on switches and they're using him just vertically lob the ball up for him it's really that easy he is a vertical spacing threat you put him in the dunker spot you got to keep someone on him because if they step away from him loft the ball up he goes and flushes it down but he shows you that athleticism and drives a little bit from the perimeter at times and it's just giving the pelicans a, a different kind of big man that they don't have right now that kind of vertical player and he's been doing a good job and he has not been a, a liability on defense he does this every year he does this Every year, which is what's going to make the offseason with him really interesting. And eventually there'll be a whole show just dedicated to that. You know, you look at him and what's he worth? What money is it going to take if you want to keep him? And what role can you give him where he's going to perform consistently? Because he had a role to start the year. What, you know, didn't play well in those minutes. Went away for a bit. Got an opportunity. Didn't play well then again. Then got another opportunity and is finally playing better. But it's year four. When do you start to put things together to the point where you feel comfortable signing him to a longer term deal? I don't have an answer to that. That's one we'll look at as we get towards the offseason. But being able to go and rebound like that, play defense like that, and give just enough scoring pop off of the bench to kind of cause havoc with defenses that aren't ready for him. You go from Jonas Valanciunas to him against a defense. It's a very, very different kind of player. But they need a little bit more scoring, and he's providing that right now. You know, in this game, he didn't really do a whole lot in terms of scoring, but he was out there rebounding, doing his thing, getting fouled, going to the line, not making the free throws, but that's okay. But if he's going to keep giving you that, that's that's a useful position to, to have a guy filled with, you know, around like 20 minutes per game, 15 minutes and under, just kind of depends with Larry Nance Jr. back too, who didn't 
have a ton in the tank. So it just gives you a little bit more insurance. But both Herb Jones and Jackson Hayes could be key parts for the Pelicans going forward. Herb's going to start and get minutes. Keep using him like you're using him, and I think that can be a big advantage. Get a little bit of a curveball to throw at teams with Jackson Hayes in limited minutes. Yeah, it could you know really propel the Pelicans and help turn things around in a bunch of games that they need to win and try and let their depth shine through just a little bit. And a couple of games I said they need to win. The schedule is pretty light coming up. Let's take a look at that because this is going to make or break the Pelicans season, I think. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Built Bar. The Built Bar March Madness bracket is here, and we know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now is your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know I'm going to be voting for the Brownie Batter Puff, and if you want the Pelicans to win, then you're going to be voting for that bar, too. Support the team, support your bar or puff, right? They go hand in hand. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered in a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built Bars. Not only that, but one Locked On fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You've got to try Built. Built, the best protein bar ever. Seriously, they're so amazing. They taste fantastic like a candy bar. You won't think that they're actually good for you. And what makes them so good? Well, for starters, they're all high in protein, low in sugar, and covered in 100% real chocolate run to builtmarchmadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there you can vote every day in march so hop in and support your pick and thank you for making lockdown pelicans your first listen today and every day we're here monday through friday for y'all breaking down every single thing you want to know about this pelicans team what they can do to kind of build off of this momentum One night after an awful game against the Oklahoma City Thunder, which we're not going to talk about. Same problems. You already know it. But can they build a little bit of momentum off of the Portland Trailblazers win? And I think they can. You saw a different team out there. They're mopey. They look just tired and exhausted and like they didn't want to be there against the Oklahoma City Thunder when they were losing at halftime by double digits. And the team just looked defeated. And sometimes you just need an injection of life to bring you back, to resuscitate you from the dead. That's what the win over the Trailblazers might have been. When Trey Murphy scored his 39th point, there was a timeout call, and he goes to the bench, and the entire team is looking up at the big screen, and it's like Trey Murphy, career high, 39 points, and they're all just mobbing him, jumping up and down on him, dapping him up, kind of giving him a little bit of a curtain call there and showing so much love to him. They were all smiles. They were all happy. And they still played hard throughout the game. And as he got going and really elevated this team and CJ was going, they both had 20 points in the first half. That built some forward momentum. And the question is going to be, can they continue that and carry that? You know, this game is not one that it's like, oh, look at the Pelicans and how good they are. This is against a Portland Trailblazers team that didn't have Damian Lillard that is probably starting to tank and shut things down for the season. They didn't want to win this game. They weren't really trying You know, they feel kind of just done and dusted and kind of giving up. So this was a game that you give the Pelicans a lot of credit for because, look, you took care of business and the same Portland Trailblazers team sans Damian Lillard beat you a couple weeks ago. Months ago? I forget when it was now. So to go take care of business was an important thing to do. Now you're going to need to do that against stiffer competition in the Los Angeles Lakers on Tuesday. 
It's a very winnable game, though. I don't know what's going on outside, but outside my street, someone is playing a horn as they walk on down, and it's awesome, only in New Orleans, right? You know, you have the Lakers on Tuesday. You play the Rockets on the road Friday and Sunday, and then you're home Tuesday against the San Antonio Spurs, and then Thursday against the Charlotte Hornets. Those are ideal games. You go 5-0 and there, you're going to more or less solidify a spot in the playing tournament at least. If not, maybe move up even further. A win over the Lakers will put you on even footing with them. And a split of the season series, which I think could be really important. So to go out and get go 5-0 and is going to put you kind of in control of your own destiny, your own fate. Whereas right now, they're still kind of on the outside looking in. And you've got to take care of business against these teams. Since the start of the new year, since the Zion Williamson injury, the Pelicans are the fourth worst team in terms of record. You've got to beat the Rockets twice. You've got to beat the San Antonio Spurs and the Hornets. Those are some of the worst teams in the league right now. Houston has 15 wins. They're 15 and 52. The Spurs are 17 and 49. The Charlotte Hornets are 22 and 47. The there's no excuse to lose any of those games. Even if they don't have BI for something like that, there's no excuse. You've shown you can handle subpar opponents as you did in this game against the Portland Trailblazers, and you've got to carry that momentum going forward. Willie Green has got to keep these guys motivated and ready for what comes next, this stretch run, because the season may depend on it. And we all want to see them in the postseason. It felt like there was a sense of urgency to start this Portland Trailblazers game that there wasn't the other night, that there hasn't been for a little while, been for a little while either. So if they can go out and do that, they're going to be in a good spot. And they'll be able to make the postseason in some capacity. And if they get into the playing tournament, I think they believe they can win it and they'd feel very confident in what it is that they could do. But you got to take care of business. You've got to go four and one minimum these next five games. We'll see if this win was the type of thing that can propel them. And if Trey Murphy is a guy that they can truly rely on and he's showing flashes of it. So I'm excited for this stretch. Let's let's figure out what this team's really got in the tank and what they're capable of. And you know we're going to be covering it here in the entirety of the time over at Locked on Pelicans. So make sure you subscribe. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and we'll be back with y'all tomorrow.